to the Forerunners Podcast. Let's get right into the first part of our interview with Mike Kapitanakis, also known as Mike Cap. Hey everybody, we're here with Mike Cap. How are you, man? Good man, great to be here. It's good to see you. Happy holidays. Yeah, man, it is it's been a it's been a good one. I told you before we started recording, I gained ten pounds, so <laughs> I had a really good one. So, but my New Year's resolution is to lose that 10 pounds. Yeah. So, you know. So let's jump right in. Where are you from, man? From Virginia Beach. Born and raised. 757. Seven. Yep. Whole Native. Life. <laughs> Where'd you go to high school at? Ocean Lakes. Ocean Lakes. All right. Obviously, you've probably heard I'm a Tallwood guy. Yep. So I don't think we had too much beef with Ocean Lakes, though. I can't mm-hmm. remember. Not in my days. I can't even remember y'all's mascot. Were Dolphins. You? Oh, nice. Yeah. The Dolphins had like an epic win last night. The Miami Dolphins. Oh, did. yeah. You know, so. Drew uh, Midland, also an Ocean Lakes alum. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I actually know several people who went to Ocean Lakes. So um, it seems like it pumps out pretty good people. Yep. So let's talk about your family. Your significant other. What's her name? Shelly. Shelly, how long y'all been yep, together? Yep, we're high school sweethearts. Been together for 13 years. Really? Yep. <laughs> All through college, everything. Dang, dude. Yep. High school sweethearts. That's High that's school intense. sweethearts got married three years ago. Yeah. Our anniversary is New Year's Eve, so almost three years exactly. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. You're about to have a straight-up anniversary in just like a couple days. Yep. <laughs> nice. Um, so I can tell from your Instagram that you, you're really head over heels for her. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. That's awesome. And uh, you've got... Your your family lives here. I actually, I'll probably tell the story on an intro or an outro of this, but mm-hmm. I actually met your dad. Yeah, and he gave me like tons of spoilers for this thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> See, yeah. It was it was like a, it was. He's in the restaurant business, and mm-hmm. I kind of am because we we do plumbing at restaurants, yep. so we ran into each other, and he gave me. Uh, I don't know how it, I do remember how it came up, but it was really an odd connection small that we world. made yeah yeah it very was, small it, world when you sent me that picture you're like hey i'm with your dad i was like what <laughs> <laughs> it was funny so tell me about your your, your immediate family man yeah my Could parents you... are both from virginia beach they grew up here their whole lives as well nice. i have uh twin sisters they're older and mm-hmm. they live in richmond now and mm-hmm. they both just had children in the past year yeah i see yeah. your proud uncle yeah uh, one's 13 months now and one's 11 months awesome. so it's great being uh, going up there and getting to see them when I became an uncle, it was like the proudest thing. Like, even for the longest time, my my internet passwords had to do with being an uncle. Yeah. And this is not this is not a joke. I I was so proud of being an uncle to my first niece Carter. I'm proud of being an uncle to all my nieces and nephews. But uh, my daughter is probably five or six years younger than Carter, and we still call her Carter accidentally yeah. because, like, it was <laughs> so she was the first it, child yeah. in our life. Yep. So. Orson and Emma, yeah, and niece and nephew, nice. Yeah, sisters Kendall and Kelly, nice. Did you get to see him this Christmas? Yeah, we went up there uh, Friday. Nice. Yeah, nice. So where'd you where did you go to college at? I went to ECU for one year. All right, out of state, yeah. East Carolina. And it was it was an experience. I didn't know anybody when I went there. Yeah. And I didn't really kind of find a groove. And Shelly, she was a year younger than me in high school. Mm-hmm. She went to Kellum out at Ocean Lakes. Okay. We met through uh, mutual friends. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so she went to Radford. Or oh, okay. was applying to get into Radford while I was at ECU. 
And I was like, man, I don't know. This one year apart has already been pretty tough. I don't know if I can do it. Yeah. When I'm here at ECU and you're over at Radford. So I transferred to Radford. Yeah. And I went to go. Radford with three years and we, we, we made it through. <laughs> nice. I remember seeing you a couple months ago and, and uh, we were talking about the, the, the home uh, buying market. Yeah. And you were saying that it was, I mean, homes were like flying off the market Oh. And that when you'd put an offer on, somebody would outbid you. And that's the way it was for everybody. Yep. Like it was hard. This but, whole year. Yeah, yeah. But you recently uh, successfully bought a home, haven't you? Yep. Yeah, yeah we sure did. We finally finally did it. We were looking since right before the pandemic. We knew because our lease was up in July. We knew we weren't going to renew. Yeah. We put so much money into renting. We knew we just wanted to buy. And then the pandemic happened. And the interest rates dropped. We're like, we have to do this now. Yeah. And we were looking for months and months. And it was, I mean, it was tough. You'd see a house, you'd fall in love with it. And then the next day it would be off the market. And you're like, oh my gosh. Or you put an offer in and someone would outbid you. And you you can't, you can only go up so high, you know? But we finally got the one we love. And it's been a process though. We're in there ripping things apart, painting. We painted the whole house. Nice. It's just... It's a grind, but it's good. We're, it's and y'all are in there now, now right? Yep. Nice. Mm-hmm. Are y'all still doing a lot of work work to it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Nice. Like New Year's Eve, we have a hot date. We've got our uh, shiplap coming in. We're going to shiplap the bathroom. And that, I mean, that's going to be our New Year's what's Eve What's a shiplap? <laughs> shiplap. It's like wooden planks. It's like a, for an accent wall. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Dang. So, so are you doing a lot of YouTube stuff? Like, learning? oh my god, oh, I've learned a lot of plumbing. You know, <laughs> yeah, some electrical stuff. Yeah. Haven't shocked myself. Everything. Oh man, yeah, I, I don't ever deal with electrical. Even in, uh, just basic stuff like outlets yeah. and switches and stuff. Easy mm-hmm. stuff for now. Yeah. But yeah, I'm learning a lot. Yeah. Nice. It's gonna be good skills for you to have throughout the. Yeah, uh, definitely accumulating your... a lot of tools and. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, you get a lot of tools for sure. <laughs> and you when. Uh, Everybody's around, and they see the blue Honda Element pull up. They know it's Mike Cap, dude. That that Honda Element is sweet. I think we've had a conversation about Hondas, dude. Yeah, they're just reliable. Yeah. What did you say you wanted one or? I've always wanted an Element, yeah. and I'll tell you what, they're coming out with a new Element. Did you know that? No. Like they're remaking them. They are. I think 2021 they're having them, and I saw one on the road while I was driving for work, and it was really good looking. I didn't know that. It looked like kind of a miniature, um, it looks, it has the Honda Element look. It still looks like a Honda mm-hmm. Element, but this one was like blacked out. It kind of looked like a, one of those $100,000 Mercedes uh, SUVs. Oh yeah? Yeah. I mean, it's smaller. Well, but hey, you know when they discontinue a vehicle and then bring it back, everyone wants that original one, so. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. hold on to this for a while. Yeah, yeah it's we, an 06 and We've had our Honda Fit for a long time, and it hardly ever has. It's starting to. It's at 160,000 miles, and it's starting to show a little bit of uh, wear and tear for for mechanical stuff. But yeah, I it's mean, been it's, it's really been through great. some things, but it's still holding up. Yeah, man. So, all right. Well, let's talk about your athletic background. Um, when you were younger, what kind of sports did you play, or did you play any sports? Yeah, I wrestled in high school and yeah. middle school, and that was my number one sport um Mm -hmm. i mean it really i learned a lot from wrestling about myself i think that's where the kind of competitive drive really came from Mm -hmm. was wrestling yeah um i played football for a few years and after my freshman year in high school you know i was five four five three 115 pounds 
I knew I wasn't gonna get gonna get any bigger. I wasn't ever gonna be a starter, so I gave it up and stuck to wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever wrestle in college, or did you just no. stick to no, it in just, high school? Yeah, just high school. Got you. Were you? Did you feel gifted at wrestling? I was good at wrestling. I was always like one of the stronger and yeah. faster wrestlers for my weight class. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, most of the like our division, like the Beach District wrestling, they had kids from all over that were just the greatest. Yeah. You know, in the in the state. Yeah. In Tidewater. So I was wrestling against some of the toughest kids, mm-hmm. and I didn't have the the most skills as a wrestler. I was yeah. just strong yeah. and fast. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'd run into like a, a really good wrestler that's been wrestling since he was a kid, you know, I wouldn't win them all, but <laughs> I mean, I, I won more more than I lost. I was, go. I was good, but there I wasn't, you, you know, the best. <laughs> did did um, your background in wrestling did it transfer to adulthood? And do you like like watch combat sports or anything like that? Or you're I not mean, too into I'll it? watch them. I'm I'm not yeah. gonna buy a, a pay per view yeah. or anything. But my brother and my wife did jujitsu for a really long time, and uh, at their gym, wrestlers would come in, and wrestlers actually pretty excelled uh, pretty well mm-hmm. at. Uh, at jujitsu, like the the transition, just moving the body and controlling yeah. and stuff. I mean, wrestling, that's where my running really started. Yeah. And I hated running yeah. because I was running to lose weight. I was loaded in all sweats. You know, I would r- wrestle practice for two hours, and then after practice, load up with sweats, run around the block for six to eight miles, like almost every night. Yeah. Trying to cut weight. Gosh. I mean, I hated running then. Um, hold, hold up. <laughs> Even in wrestling... Wrestling uh, wrestlers will run that long a distance to cut weight. I it mean, wasn't even about the distance, you know. That was before uh, tracking and all that stuff. Yeah. I was just I'd go run for two hours or so. Yeah, you know, just loaded in all sweats, trying to lose a tenth of a pound here and there. Yeah, my um my brother did a a fight. He had a fight where he had to actually do a weight cut, like a a fighter weight cut. And it did not. It did not seem healthy. Did you have any uh, of those like sketchy weight cuts? Yeah, my sophomore year, I was probably. <laughs> naturally like 132 pounds mm-hmm. you know i was small yeah and i was cutting down to 112 oh man yeah in order to start because the guy at 130 was good 125 was good 119 yeah. they're all great wrestlers so i had to get down to 112 if i wanted to start yeah so i i mean that's where i that's where i started man <laughs> yeah i remember that's one of the things your dad had told me is that you uh that's where you started running is when you were wrestling and trying yeah. to get to weight. So. I was running because I had to run. Yeah. And it wasn't fun. <laughs> That's funny. So there was obviously, I think from look, looking at your Instagram and social media, I think there was a gap between, uh, you know, you didn't keep running no. after high school, right? No. So when when did you start running again after after that gap? Well, throughout college, I didn't run at all. Yeah. I mean, I'd maybe run to the gym, which is like mm-hmm. a quarter mile away. Mm-hmm. Me and my mm-hmm. roommate, we would lift a lot in college. Yeah. I mean, you know, drinking all day and eating like crap. Yeah. I was bigger. <laughs> I was probably like, you know, 25 pounds bigger than I am now. Yeah. And I was strong. Like, we would mm-hmm. go in there, we'd bench press and leg press and leave. You know, like yeah. that, was, that was our day. Yeah. But I never ran. Mm-hmm. And then after I graduated Radford, I was bored. I was looking for a job. You know, I didn't get a temporary job throughout the summer because I was thinking I'd find, you know, a job soon. Yeah. So I just started running, you know, fishing, just whatever I could do to kind of kill time. Yeah. And that's when I realized, oh, I kind of like running. Yeah. You know, I started running in the summer when it was hot. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I still like to run in the yeah. summer. I, like, I love hot You're running. You're a hot runner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, I started, started running that summer and then... I think it was ECSC 8K, like at the end of the summer. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to run this 8K. 
I've never run a race before. Yeah. ECS was like the only event I knew. I didn't know anything about, you know, rock and I didn't roll even know weekend. There was a, I didn't even know there was a race that went. I don't right. know if there still is, but this was 2012, I think. Yeah. And I ran the AK, which is about five miles. Yeah. And I, both my knees were just hurting so bad. I was like, I don't know about running. <laughs> so pretty much like for that first year after that, I don't I, I kind of dabbled in running, didn't do too much. Mm-hmm. And then 2014, my sisters, they were, they were big into running there. Yeah. They talked me into running the Richmond Half Marathon. Mm-hmm. Half Marathon, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. That's long. That's far. <laughs> I mean, they really had to convince me. Because yeah. they, they, at that point, they were running marathons and half marathons. Oh, dang. Yeah, so they kind of got me into running. So, yeah, I signed up for that Richmond Half Marathon, trained for it, trained hard. That's when I discovered first landing, yeah. you know, doing all my long runs through there. Yeah. And then did the half, and that was really just like a bucket list kind of thing. Yeah. I had no plan to continue running, you know. <laughs> yeah. But you know how it is, you run a race. Oh yeah. That night or the next day you're like, "Huh, maybe I could go a little farther. Maybe I could do a little more. Maybe I can go faster." Yeah. So I mean, that's where it all started, Richmond 2014. On your social media, you can see if you if you just scroll through the whole thing, you can see running become m- more significant in oh, your yeah. life. Like, and it slowly starts at the Richmond Half Marathon. Yep. And if like not far after that though, I see that you have another box to check, and that's a marathon. You were like, if I'm gonna do, how did yeah. that come about? Was that just that natural? I progression? mean, that was it. Richmond 2014. I, I did a half, and then a couple weeks later, I said I'm gonna sign up for the full next year. Yeah. Yeah, and then after the full, the next year I signed up for Seashore for the first time. I just yeah. increased that distance every year. Yeah, so, so is running just something like the ultimate deep question I'm trying to ask is is why do you keep running? But it seems it seems pretty obvious. You just like it. I I just love running, yeah. and I just love to push myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it all is. It's all internal, you know. I don't race against anybody. It's just all about what I can do. And how much better I can be. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. You, um, so I'm guessing that, because the listeners should probably already know, you you do ultras now too. Mm-hmm. So was that just the natural progression too? Like just keep on building the mileage? It just, just yeah. more and more challenges? I think so. I mean, when I was training for the marathon the first time, I was doing all my long mm-hmm. runs and first landing. Mm-hmm. And then right after I did that marathon, I heard about Seashore 50K. Yeah. I was like, oh, a race that runs through the park that I'm training in already? <laughs> yeah. Why not? So, yeah, after I did Richmond 2015, the next year, 2016, I was like, I'm going to do that, that Seashore 50K. Nice. So, I mean, that's how it went. And then I did the 50K. And then the next year, I was like, let's try 50 miles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just keep going. Yeah, um, let's talk a little bit about the groups that you run with, because you're pretty you're a pretty proud member of a couple groups, um, specifically NERC. Yeah. Um, if people have li- listened to this podcast all the way through, if they've binged it or they've been faithful, on Barry Clark's interview, he actually talks about you and talks about how um, really how proud he is that uh, a lot of times when you run a race, you'll wear. Oh, yeah. The the NERC uh, symbol across your chest on your signal. I mean, if it wasn't for NERC, I I def- I would be running because yeah. I did you know races before NERC, but I really dove deep into running when I joined NERC. Yeah, it was January 2017. Mm-hmm. I've been following them on Instagram for weeks. Yeah, just kind of you know stalking them. You know, like yeah, who are these people? What what is this mm-hmm. run club? You know, 
But at that time, I was training for Seashore uh, 50K, and I was like, let me just finish this race, and then I'm gonna I'm start running with people. Because before then, before Nurk, I ran by myself every single oh, time. Yeah? I mean, I don't, I don't mind running by myself. Yeah. I love it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know, you know, that running with people really helps as much as it did. <laughs> yeah. So I showed up January 2017. There yep. were 13 people there. You know, it was freezing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know anybody, not one person. That was, that was close to the beginning of, of NERC. Yeah, started yeah. July 2016. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was, I mean, it was a small group. Yeah. You know, it gets bigger in the summer, smaller yeah. in the winter, of mm -hmm. course, but... Yeah, when I started, there were 13 people there. Yeah. I didn't know anybody, but I was like, yes, this is what I need. I need a community. You know, I need to run with people. Yeah. And I just met so many people throughout the years and, you know, some of my best friends. Yeah. So that's interesting because you, uh, you really, NERC was really the way you discovered uh, group running. Yeah. So that's cool. Before then, I didn't run with anybody. Yeah. Now, you also... Um, even even currently, because this group's rather small, have been running with Drew Crew. How long have you been running with Drew Crew? I started this June. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. you're my, within the year. Yeah. My plan for Drew Crew was, well, Ben Messer, you know, one of my best yeah. friends. He he was starting to run with them early miles, and before I joined Drew Crew, I never ran that early in the morning, mm -hmm. never. And it was starting to get hot. You know, it was like late June. I was like, I need to I need to run early, or else yeah. I'm not going to run after work. Mm -hmm. Like I don't mind the heat, but Working all day and then having to go out and run when it's 100 degrees, it was tough. So I was like, let me just, you know, let me join this Drew Crew group of people. You know, five people. Yeah. You know, it's not, not big at all. I knew most of them. Yeah. So I just started showing up Tuesday, Thursday mornings. And, I mean, I, I love all the going, guys now. You, yeah. you go almost every time, don't yeah. you? Yeah. I mean, it all started with just trying to get the run over with in the, in the day. And now it's just part of my routine now. Yep. I'll tell you what. I don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast, but my ultimate running goal, the the bucket list thing for me, is to be fit enough to go out and run with Drew Crew. You can at, do it, man. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Everybody says that, but I want to run at Drew Crew pace without holding anybody anybody up. I'm close though. After this 50k training, I'm I'm pretty close. I'm on a relaxed run when my body's fully healed. I'm a, I'm around a, a nine minute pace right now. So. I feel like eight. If I get to eight thirty, I can comfortably come. But uh, what is? But you guys at Drew Crew East, man, y'all are going fast. Y'all are putting the pedal to the metal, dude. Yeah, I mean sometimes you know we'll always start at like eight thirty pace, yeah. and then pretty much every run is a progression run. Mm -hmm. We'll end and we'll be like we'll look back at our watches like, huh, that first mile was eight thirty, and that last one was like seven fifteen. Yeah, like just about every single time. Yeah, I've been I've talked about this with a couple people, and I wonder how much it has to do with that. The Drew Crew people have been meeting so much for so long that I wonder if that's just a natural uh, fitness thing, like people have gotten fit doing Drew Crew yeah. and they automatically relax, relaxed uh, into a faster pace. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, consistency, I guess. Yeah, big time. I mean, guys like James, he, he shows up every time. You get James and Forrest and Ben and anybody, they all just start pushing each other and then especially like the last mile or half mile, someone always takes off and then someone follows. <laughs> I came to Drew Crew during the summer one time and it was when Carl was hurt, and I was like, Carl's hurt, so he's going about my pace, so I'll go with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, all right, you've gone, you've, over the summer, 
kind of a subgroup has developed from the uh, the back sweat boys, and that's the track sweat boys. Yeah, you know, I've seen that you you were a part of that for some some time too. I think they they would uh, they'd met on Wednesdays. Yeah, at nighttime. What's that like? Is that just speed work? Well, yeah, I started that um, okay. in May, I think. My plan was to every Wednesday do a track workout, mm-hmm. like nothing crazy, just try to work on some speed. Yeah. And I did one week, and then that next Saturday, I just happened to run into Matt in the park, and I was like, hey man, I'm just starting to run on Wednesdays on the track if you want to come join. Yeah. And then he joined that next Wednesday, and then the Wednesday after that, Justin came out, and then Max started showing up, and then just about every week, every Wednesday, we'd do some kind of track workout. Yeah. And we did that for a while, and then once we started racing, you know, once we had some things actually race, we mm-hmm. kind of take a little break here yeah. and there. And now it's kind of hard with the lights off. And, yeah, yeah. You know, there's, or there's no lights at the track or anything. So maybe the track sweat boys is a seasonal thing, dude. Uh, we'll be back. You know? <laughs> we'll be back this winter. Now, uh, I'm curious. I like having I like having you on as a guest because I'm I'm very curious about you because um, you you do things that that really. Uh, fascinate me and I'll, I'll get more into that later but <laughs> the one thing I'm curious about is whether you like training or racing better oh training 100% I feel like that I feel that from you like yeah you, you just seem like a guy who just likes to get out there and go <laughs> yeah I mean I never I never did uh, you know running uh, in high school or middle school or anything like that yeah. so I didn't know what track and field was you know where they are racing each other. They are mm-hmm. used to that. Yeah. So you get a lot of people that I run with now that ran, you know, with people racing against each other. And I just never had that experience. So I was always just running by myself, like yeah. I said. And it's always just been about just putting the work in, you know? Yeah. I think the first time I felt like I enjoyed my training more than I did my race was this last weekend at the 50K. And it's not that I didn't enjoy the 50K because I, di- I didn't, feel hurt or anything I did deal with with some cramping but what was the journey to the 50k Mm -hmm. was awesome yeah like I I learned how to run on trails I got brave enough to go to trails that I don't know and learn that I don't have to be lost I don't have to get lost yeah I I even went on Thanksgiving day and did like my own run on the Appalachian Trail yeah I thought that was like a big step that I got brave enough to go run on the trail and go out by myself and do that and really even to navigate uh navigate first landing state park I didn't I started training with a group um shout out to to Matt Greg and Callan um and didn't know where I was going I was literally following them and by the end I that 26.2 mile run that I did there the marathon that I ran there for training I was able to navigate myself so I kind of like fell in love with uh, the trails over this time and I'm really grateful for that time so mm-hmm. um, that's probably the first time I could identify with with that preference now I really want to get into this because you had mentioned it just a few minutes ago and this is actually a rumor I had heard about you and you've confirmed it already that it's <laughs> true is that when you're racing you are not really competing with the people around you, but you're no. just competing with yourself. Yeah. I think Ben is the one who told me. Uh, I think he said that you go out and you're just you just have goal times. Yeah. And just 
try to I mean, that's the easiest way to do it for me. Yeah. Personally, just set a time goal and then train for that time. Mm -hmm. And wherever you place, you place. You know, I mean, maybe if you're running a 5K or something and you see a guy, you know, right ahead of you, chase him down, you know. Mm -hmm. But just run your, you know, run your race. Yeah. You know, just set a time and just go for that. But, you know, it's shocking to me because you were, you grew up in a head-to-head sport. Like where you you were literally using your body to try to impose your will on someone. Well, yeah, wrestling is one-on-one. Yeah. But it's a lot of mental, too. Mm-hmm. You really have, I mean, a lot of times a wrestler will check out before you even, you know, get on the mat. Oh, gotcha. You know what I mean? It's a lot of, a lot of mental strength involved yeah. with that. I just figured it, that might transfer, but... I think it's fascinating. I I have that. I have. This is why it's fascinating to me, because I have that same mentality, but it's because I'm never going to get on the podium. So I know. I mean, I might one day, but my idea is that I just need to be better than myself. Yeah. You know. Um, but what fascinates me about you in that mindset is that you do podium. So it's like. It's it it's shocking to me that and impressive to me that you can shut that kind of stuff out and just run your own race and do the best you can to try to beat the goal that you set for yourself. Well, and that's really important for a race like Seashore this past week mm-hmm. where they had the wave starts. I didn't know who was in front of me or yeah. behind me. You know, I didn't know anybody else's time. Yeah. Steve Spears, the one who won, yeah. was in the group that ran before me. So I had no idea mm-hmm. what the lead was or anything. Yeah. So at that point, you just have to run your own race. Yeah. You're not racing against anybody but yourself. Mm-hmm. I, at the race, I kept asking people. I was like, hey, as they were passing me. I was like, what wave did you start in? Right. Like, <laughs> like a different wave. Yeah. It was funny. But yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I, uh, I think it's a, a really neat thing. But here is my question to you because you've actually this year uh it's the end of the year but at the beginning of the year before the pandemic started you won a race you won the 20 miler yeah i like to put an asterisk on that one but (laughs) why is that well i won yes i won the 20 miler at uh the dismal um yeah the the distance distance series series. Yeah. yeah but the next day was one city marathon yeah. So all the fast runners that normally run the the distance series were racing. I don't know. The next day, I don't so. know if that's true. Maybe Drew. I think Drew, Drew might like be the only Emmanuel, one. Emmanuel. All those guys. Oh, are Emmanuel all did up there. Yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. But, but I mean, yeah, I won. It's the only thing I've won. But I put an asterisk on that. But did you when you won that? Were you using the same mentality? I mean, that you just wanted to beat a time. Yeah. That you I just set. set I forget what my goal pace for that was, like 620-something maybe yeah. for the 20-miler. Man, that's that's hauling, dude. Yeah, but yeah, I just set my own pace yeah. and ran. And, you know, Adam Poole, he was out there too. He did the half marathon. So, at you know, a race like that, you all start at the same time. You don't know who's doing 20 and who's yeah. doing half. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I saw him turn around, I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm in the lead. Yeah. I, I had no idea, you know. <laughs> yeah. People are always shocked that they're in the lead. I've noticed that as a... Um, as a theme, even just talking to people through this podcast, people are always like, holy crap, I'm, I'm in the lead. <laughs> like yeah. even like, well, that was the first time I'd ever been in the lead. Yeah. So I- <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Before we get into the advice column, I do want to talk about shoes mm-hmm. because I feel like you wear shoes that nobody else wears. 
And I, I think I'm going to try. I like trying things that I don't know if it's right or not. But are they called La Sportiva? What yeah. Are they? Yeah, oh, La that's, Sportiva. That's right? Yeah. What brand is it? I mean, is that the brand? brand is La Sportiva. Yeah, it's an Italian company. Now, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's get into this. <laughs> how, would, how did you discover this shoe and why do you like it so much? Uh, just following a bunch of ultra runners yeah. like Anton Krupitska. He's one of like... He's older now, but he used to be one of the best, and he's sponsored by La Sportiva. So I follow him, and he'd post a bunch of stuff about him. And REI sells them. Oh, really? Let me me go in there and check them out. Yeah. Yeah. So I bought the first pair, La Sportiva Bushido Two. Yeah. And just loved them. They fit right out the bat. Actually, funny story. My wife and I were in Europe. Yeah. Um, for two weeks, which was right before Long Creek 60K yeah. two years ago. Mm-hmm. And my plan was to buy a new pair of trail shoes before Long Creek, mm-hmm. and I just never got around to it. And we got back from Europe on, I think it was a Thursday, and then Long Creek was on Saturday. So that Friday, I bought the pair of shoes and ran in them the next day for a 60K. I had never oh, broken them in or anything, and they, they felt great. I got one little blister on the heel, but... Yeah. All in all, it worked out. I was like, "Huh, these are these are good shoes." Don't they lace up funny too? Or do, do not they, mine. They're not, they're not traditional laces. I thought the they're, Bushido too are, but there's some are. funky ones out there. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. I think, and I think I've seen that. Didn't Barry get a pair? Yeah, at some point. Yeah, Man, I, I told Barry like I like him. He says he loves them. Justin bought a pair. Justin has them. Yeah, I saw Justin was running in some ultras at when I saw y'all training. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's got a bunch of different shoes now. Gotcha. But yeah, La Sportiva, Bushido too. They're the only shoe I've ever bought twice. Yeah. The same one. Yeah. Is that like we'll get I'm sure we'll find this out later. That's your that's like your chosen shoe. Yeah. Is that the best one? Yeah, for trails. Yeah. All right, man. Well, a lot of people um look to you and respect you as a runner. So let's get some advice from you, dude. What, what's some advice you would offer runners in our area? Well, kind of like I was talking about before, which I'm sure it's been mentioned on here before. Just mm-hmm. run your own race. Mm-hmm. You know, like we were saying, train for a specific time or goal. And then don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Yeah. You know, a lot of people get caught up with, oh, is that person going to go faster? Is that person actually going to race today? Mm-hmm. You know, and they, they psych themselves out. They yeah. try to start too fast, trying to keep up mm-hmm. with somebody. Just yeah. run your own race. Yeah. Like that that advice can save people's race because people go out fast. When when you're in a group, especially when the pan, when people start getting all these vaccines and pandemic uh, levels out and we get back to racing, what happens is people the people change the the environment and they change your mindset so when people are running faster than you want to you still feel like you should keep up with them but with that mindset you're protected from that yeah i mean you start off too fast especially in a longer race like a marathon or 50k and you blow up you're done you Mm -hmm. can't recover you know Mm -hmm. it'll take a long long more lot longer yeah i wanted to walk off the line at seashore 50k but i didn't do it i I mean my first Two miles were the slowest miles yeah. of that race. Yeah. I started off conservative because I didn't want to go out on that road. The out yeah, and back the road portion. is what will get you. Cause yeah, you got to slow down a little bit on the trail, but that road. Yeah, you can burn. Because I've done out that. Of. I mean, I've run it five times now, and yeah. I've started off too fast a couple times. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, we're gonna take a break, and then we'll get back into it and talk about your um, your race experiences. All right, sounds All right, good. I hope you enjoyed part one of our interview with Mike Cap. Uh, if it's not clear to you yet that Mike's 
star is rising in the running community in Hampton Roads, then after you hear part two of our interview, you'll be sure of it. He's going to tell us all about all the races he's run, the ultras, the challenges that he's taken on, the tough virtual runs that he's done through the pandemic, and some of the amazing feats that he's been able to accomplish over the past year. But until then, this is Danny signing off. Godspeed.